This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Bob Powell. While West Virginia is within driving distance of a large percentage of the country, many visitors fly here. Visitors that come via air travel tend to stay longer and spend more money. Making it easy to get to West Virginia will help the entire tourism economy and the entire state. That story and more this West Virginia Morning. Dr. Lindsay Acree, a professor of pharmacy at the University of Charleston, has worked with the university's pharmacy to get naloxone into county health departments as well into the hands of everyday West Virginians. Dr. Acree's work recently earned her an award from the state health department. Reporter Amelia Nicely spoke with Dr. Acree about her work. Tell me a little bit about your background. I mean, when I Google you, I can tell this is a field you're well awarded in and very passionate about, but would love to just hear where you're from and how you got started in this field. So I'm from South Charleston, so I grew up in South Charleston. Um, I've been here pretty much the majority of my life. Um, I became a pharmacist in 2013, so graduated pharmacy school. And there was just kind of a number of things that made me want to get into um, addiction and recovery, so just really trying to make an impact on individuals and save lives. Um, One of those being that I had a high school friend pass away my first year of pharmacy school um, from an overdose, and another one right after I graduated. So um, it's just, it has impacted me in a way that um, just really made me want to do something else. Um, So I started really working with the health department here in Kanawha County when they started their harm reduction program, and I started offering their naloxone training to individuals that uh, were coming in for the harm reduction program, but also to anyone in the community that wanted to come for training. And so that's kind of how I got started with the naloxone, and then really just realizing that when um, the harm reduction program kind of stopped Um, when the program was stopped, we just really didn't see those people coming in and getting naloxone. And so trying to figure out ways to get it out into the community, meet people where they are, because we knew people were dying. We were seeing, you know, an increase in overdoses. For our listeners who may not know what naloxone is, can you provide a brief summary? Yeah, so naloxone is a reversal for an opioid overdose. Now, it's um, it's not a forever kind of thing. So, like, once you give naloxone to someone and it reverses that overdose, The idea is that we let that person breathe, Um, and that's really all we're doing. We're just trying to save that person's life. Anyone can carry naloxone in the state of West West Virginia with or without a prescription. Do you feel there is more the state could be doing to get naloxone into more communities around the state? Um, I think there's a couple things that we're working on that is helping in that regard. So um, just some distribution within the jail system, so as people are leaving, Uh, making sure that those individuals that are high risk have the opportunity to get naloxone to take with them. Um, And then in the uh, emergency departments um, with EMS, so we're working on ways to get those individuals to be able to distribute as well. And I think the other piece that has to do with stigma, and I know everybody talks about stigma. Um, Some people are probably sick of hearing that word, but it makes a difference. So, The way that people look at naloxone tends to uh, sometimes prevent individuals from getting it, accessing it, and keeping it with them. Um, And we really want to make sure that we get past that. We need to get past that stigma. You recently won the West Virginia Department of Health and Human Resources' first-ever impact award for commitment to advancing the field of addiction prevention, treatment, and recovery. So congratulations. Thank you.
But I was very surprised that I got the award. I was not expecting that at all. Um, but very, um, very thankful for it. This award is due to your efforts with the University of Charleston in increasing naloxone access around the state and taking it outside of just health departments. The big thing that we've done here is that we've taken um, a program that was originally mostly like health departments, and not that, you know, that's not a great thing to have it at the health department because that's an easy place in every community to be able to access naloxone, um, but we've taken it kind of to the next level also helped with, um, you know, trying to look at what in the legislation needs to change to increase access, which, you know, I feel like we've done in West Virginia by allowing organizations and community groups to be able to distribute naloxone. So we do all the trainings, at least the majority of the trainings um, for organizations that are going to distribute, as well as, you know, we're the ones that kind of coordinate the distribution to those organizations and the health departments and everywhere else as well. I know a lot of people are still dying. I mean, we still have a lot of lot of work to do and a lot of way to go. Um, but imagine had we not had that naloxone out there. What's next for West Virginia? Where do we need to focus our attention and work to reverse the opioid crisis in our state? I always say naloxone is kind of like the Band-Aid or the basically we're stopping the bleed. Um, it's just all we're doing is keeping people alive, which is great. That's what we want to do. But we also need to connect the dots in the other areas as well. Um, So really just getting the word out of where, like, where treatment, you know, where they can get treatment, um, making sure that people are aware of how to find treatment, and helping them get there. Like, I think those are all the big pieces that definitely um, need to be a little bit stronger here in West Virginia. What is giving you hope right now? Just knowing that it's working, knowing that we are saving lives is really, um, that's what keeps me going. That was Dr. Lindsay Acree speaking with Amelia Nicely about naloxone availability around the state and a recent award Acree received for her work to promote it. It's 7.49. You're listening to West Virginia Morning. It'll be cloudy and breezy today. There is still a freeze warning in effect until 10 o'clock this morning. And there's also a chance of some scattered morning snow flurries in the southern part of the state with rain returning this afternoon and highs in the 30s and 40s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by Torresava Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at torresavalaw.com. Support is also provided by Marshall Health, providing comprehensive primary and specialty care throughout southern West Virginia and the tri-state region. More at marshallhealth.com. While West Virginia is within driving distance of a large percentage of the country, many visitors fly here. Caroline McGregor looks at the role that airports, at the role airports are playing in promoting the state's growing tourism economy. 
Airports are considered the cornerstone for the economic development and vitality of any region. As a key part of West Virginia's transportation system, a viable airport network is the catalyst for state access to the national and global marketplace. With the advent of COVID-19 in 2020, the state saw a shift from business to leisure travel. Recognized by Condé Nast Traveler, Lonely Planet, Luxury Travel and Time magazine, West Virginia has become a leading global destination. Of the millions of people who visit the state's parks and forests each year, many rely on air travel as their transportation of choice. During the governor's conference on tourism in September, Governor Jim Justice confirmed the state is enjoying an increase in visitors. He said as of 2021, the state's tourism industry experienced a nearly 4% increase over pre-pandemic levels. He said continued growth is dependent on reliable airport facilities. You can't get people here and get people to and from. To me, you're splitting the bullseye because airports are the heart of everything we have. I mean, they really and truly are, as far as tourism especially. Early in 2020, the pandemic impacted the entire aviation industry and air travel nearly screeched to a halt. The state's commercial service airports witnessed a far-reaching reduction in scheduled airline service. This loss was compounded by a big drop in parking and landing fees, concessions revenues, user fees and fuel sales. That's all changed. In their 2021 travel impact study, tourism economic research firm Dean Runyon and Associates reported visitors to West Virginia's national parks spent $109 million. And, you know, we made the right moves on the chessboard. We started promoting who we are. But beyond that, we upgraded our parks. We've done lots and lots of stuff. It is really happening right now. The governor said airports are critical to tourism, but admits there's a deficiency in the state's airport system. He said the state must remain competitive and invest in additional flight service. I believe in West Virginia beyond good sense, and I see the opportunities. Right this minute, tourism is exploding, but we're still just getting the parsley around the size of the flight. There is so much more to come. It's off the chart. West Virginia's airport system encompasses 24 publicly owned public use airports, seven of those, Jaeger in Charleston, Huntington Tri-State and North Central West Virginia Airport near Clarksburg are primary use or commercial service airports. Cindy Butler is the new commissioner of the West Virginia Department of Transportation's new division of multimodal transportation facilities. In her role, she oversees their aeronautics division, which promotes air safety and helps airports secure state and federal funding. That includes match grants through the aviation fuel tax for airport improvements. In a 2020 aviation economic impact study, the Aeronautics Commission identified visitor spending as a primary economic benefit to West Virginia's aviation system. We were looking at uh, an average of about 147,000 visitors through the seven commercial airports basically saying that they would be the tourist type, looking at lodging, spending, retail, local transportation, food and beverage, and entertainment. Probably about a $49 million spend. But the total impact of everything would be around $107 million when you look at all the other factors. In September, West Virginia International Jaeger Airport completed a runway rehabilitation project and, more recently, the FAA approved an environment study for the expansion of the facility and terminal. Airport director and CEO Dominique Ranieri says easier access fuels tourism spending. 
we all know through multiple different studies and data points that visitors that come via air travel tend to stay longer and spend more money. Making it easy to get to West Virginia will help the entire tourism economy and the entire state. With the opening in April of the U.S. Customs and Border Protection General Aviation Facility, Jaeger is now positioned as the only international port of entry in the state. The airport's new Bill No Flight School is training future pilots at a time the industry faces a major pilot shortage. With increased capacity and new flight service, Ranieri says Jaeger is a gateway that connects West Virginia to the national and worldwide marketplace. We are fortunate to be pretty centrally located here in Charleston to most of the attractions. The New River Gorge National Park, you know, we're the kind of the gateway to that. Um, It's only an hour drive from here. Um, And then, of course, in the winter, your ski destinations are not far from here as well. West Virginia's third primary commercial service airport, North Central West Virginia Airport in Harrison County, boasts the largest commercial service runway in the state. The airport's director, Rick Rock, says the airport was starting to make a comeback before COVID-19. He says new flight service and improvements will facilitate current and projected future increase in visitor traffic. Our current terminal was built in about 1960. Certainly it served us well, but it's outlived its useful life. So in planning for that increased traffic, we're hoping to see a new terminal in place the last quarter of 2024. West Virginia Secretary of Tourism Chelsea Ruby says since the launch of their Almost Heaven campaign in 2018, the state has experienced rapid growth, exceeding pre-pandemic highs with annual traveler spending topping $611 million. With West Virginia just an overnight's drive for two-thirds of the state's population, the focus has traditionally been on the drive market. Attention is now on the state's fly market. We went from the three-hour drive radius to about a four, four-and-a-half-hour drive radius, added in some new markets. Since that time, we've started looking at fly markets and started concentrating on areas like Charlotte, Chicago, places where we have direct air service. The department offers advertising assistance to its tourism partners and airports like Jaeger to attract visitors and encourage West Virginians to fly local, something Ruby says encourages airlines to add more flight service. West Virginia Tourism is working with tour operators to attract visitors from the international market with a focus on Canada and Europe. Ruby says visitors from Germany in particular love outdoor recreation and enjoy longer vacations. It seems like the Germans tend to take longer road trips, so they're going to come for multiple weeks and visit multiple states. So we seem to be a good fit for the German market and we'll continue investing there. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Caroline McGregor in Charleston. That was the sixth story in our radio series, Country Roads, the Mountain State Tourism Economy. Tune in every morning through the next week to hear a new story on tourism and the challenges that come with it, or visit our website to listen to stories you may have missed. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with the help of Amelia Nicely, Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, David Atkins, Eric Douglas, Jessica Lilly, Liz McCormick, Randy Yoey, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show... I'm your host, Bob Powell. This is West Virginia Morning.